Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of On Purpose, coming in record time on the back of our last episode. Over there is Heidi <laughs> Stevens. Hi, Heidi. Hi, I feel like I just talked to you. <laughs> I know. Was there anything possibly new? <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> Except we'll all the stuff recap. we've been texting each other about for the last week <laughs> <Right>? or so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some of that. Yeah, so you and I, I think, both have the same... Um, like, wait, what? Reaction to the Josh <laughs> Hawley thing. And we're texting each other like, you know, here's this um, snippet of a speech he gave in Florida at a national conservative, conservative convention. alliance conference S- convention. Something. Right. <laughs> Summit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was like. Anything Florida can do with an empty conference room that has right. conservative attached to it. They, <laughs> they're making up for lost time. You can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> it's the can't lose combination. Um, anyway, you sort of like just saw the headlines of his speech and people glommed onto that part that was like, um, you know, is it any wonder that. Um, more and more men are turning to porn and video games when their masculinity is constantly attacked. And I was like, Oh right. man, that like, is that true? And should we be like worried about that? Like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Josh Hawley and I only knew him as like the guy who fist bumped the fist bumped fist bumped the <laughs> insurrectionist. So like, it's not like a great <laughs> little tidbit to know about someone before you take the seriously, but info. My my favorite intro to a legislator was not that moment. Right, right. Like I don't, <laughs> not super pro insurrection, trying to overthrow <laughs> democracy. But I'm also like open minded, and if you know you have a message that I need to know about, like I don't, you know, don't shoot the messenger kind of thing, right? Right. Um, or don't. That's not the best. Don't don't dismiss the message because you don't like the messenger, right? Better. Right. 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 For sure. Yes. So, and. You and I were texting about it, like, wait, what? Like, is this happening? And, like, um, should we, like, be worried about it? Should we be talking to our sons about it? All the things. And um, I don't know. I mean, I guess we can, like, not build this as a cliffhanger. Like, it turns out after I talk to, you know, some people who research, you know, porn and video game use and addiction and, you know, the behaviors that lead to addiction and all the things, it turns out, no, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) there is not empirical evidence. There's not data showing that more and more men are turning to porn and video games, just, you know, even numbers wise. But then when you go a step further, um, an increase in porn and video game use over the past few decades um, is linked to all sorts of stuff. One of the things is not um, men or boys feeling like their masculinity has been attacked. So, so, so what he said, isn't true. On the other hand, um, Hmm. you know, sometimes um, data doesn't tell us the whole story, right? Like it tells right. us the size of the story. Um, but it doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, young men out there feeling um, disenfranchised, right? Or, yes. um, or not sure what their place is, um, or what their future is, um, or whether the world is mad at them. And, um, and, and might hear that message and be like, yeah, that resonates. Or, 
Um, yeah, I do actually, you know, watch more porn and play more video games than I feel great about, but like, what else am I going to do? Like, so, so talk a, a little bit about how you received, you know, Josh Hawley's speech, that little portion of it anyway, in relation to what you see in your office. Yeah. Um, so actually you just summarize it really well. I mean, it, when I first heard just this, that little snippet that, you know, um, you somehow because of this idea that masculinity in and of itself is toxic, um, probably more white young males than anybody else, um, uh, are, you know, this idea that, that, that they're, engaged in porn video games i would add to that actually um vaping smoking pot you know like mm -hmm. that that's another um kind of great escape that i think he, he <laughs> in his um in his ranting might have missed um but but yeah. um i do see some degree of kind of a tight-lipped hopelessness among young men um, that I don't see among a lot of the young women and girls I work with. And you and I have talked mm -hmm. about this a little bit, I think, even on here, where, um, and, and, and it's the, the contrast is probably important because um, I've seen this in girls before, this kind of like, boy, we don't, I don't have a, 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 a place to step into. You know, like I, I, there are no open doors for me. In, in decades past, I've seen that in young women and I don't see that in young women. Now I see this kind of like, um, assurance to some extent about their future. And so there's, um, a degree of confidence I see that I don't see in boys and young men, I'm working with hmm. that said. Um, so, so I've been thinking like for the last few days, like, okay, so, what what are the threads that 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 pull that together? You know, um, because you know the research that you found was pretty clear and unequivocal <laughs> that 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 this is not there is no cause and effect here um, at really at all. Yeah, right. And and just to give people a teeny bit of context, the research was from a Bowling Green um, psychologist who's spent the past three decades researching addiction and specifically around um, porn, but also video games and all sorts of other, you know, um, potentially mm -hmm. addictive behaviors. And, and he talked about how um, the, the uptick in porn and video game use um, is definitely linked to ease of access, right? We're all walking around right. with, um, you know, supercomputers in our pockets with high definition screens. And so um, it's just never been easier to access both things. And, and that has led to an uptick in women using uh, more porn and video games as well. So it's sort of right there undercuts the, like it's cause their masculinity is attacked argument. Yes. And then looking specifically at the pandemic induced uptick, um, he said, yes, you know, the, the data finds that, you know, porn use did go up during the first few months of lockdown. Um, but, but not at a greater rate than the use of Netflix or Hulu or Disney plus right. or the BBC <laughs> streaming services yeah. went up. So just like right. everything you could stream went up. And yes. Pornhub and a couple of their sites like made what was previously some of their like, um, you know, more expensive um, 
programming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it right, programming? Right, right. <laughs> um, they made it free. So <laughs> I guess, yes. <laughs> so yeah, sure. Uh, original series? I'm not sure um, how we're wording what they offer. But um, anyway, what previously would have cost money became free during the early months of lockdown. So, so that also contributed to an uptick. So anyway, he just like actually looked at the numbers and like, so this idea of that, like, oh my God, men are feeling attacked by like man hating liberals. Um, look how much porn went up. It's like, well, that's not honest. Um, right. Like, there's actual reasons why pornies went up at the same time. I want to be mindful that like, you certainly could probably find a guy who says, yeah, I feel like my masculinity is being attacked and yeah, it makes me turn to porn and video games. Like, I'm not saying that never happens, but like that I would like to, I hate this word. We hated on this word together last week, but unpack that a little bit because like, <laughs> it's kind of a chicken and egg thing, right? Like, are you, uh, are, are you hearing messengers like Holly tell you like women hate you and think you're toxic um, and, you know, you should feel aggrieved and angry about that. Um, and so then they find an outlet like, you know, a video game where they get to mow people down in a super violent fashion, but it's fake. So there's no consequences. Um, right. Or porn where you often watch, you know, women being, you know, dominated in kind of unhealthy ways. Um, yeah. Or like, like, which one is the cause and which one is the effect. And like, at the end of the day, they're kind of, it's kind of all awful. <laughs> um, it's all awful for sure. But I still think it's, it's worth picking apart so we can parent in a way that like helps our kids make sense of it and maybe not fall into traps of feeling aggrieved or hopeless or taking yeah. up unhealthy behaviors when they do feel aggrieved and hopeless. Well, the red and the red herring, I think that, um, kind of like uh, was blaring out at me as I read the totality of Holly's speech, which I only did because you encouraged me to. And I think I might have left it at the little blurb, kind of word to the wise, you know, like <laughs> contextualize anything you hear and you and you learn a lot. Yeah. Um, and I started thinking about like, um, OK, so even if there's some truth to what he's saying, and I would say, like, in my experience, there there is, you know, like, and again, I, that there, that use goes up among girls too, but this kind of like this idea that, oh, they think we're toxic, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we need to wrestle our power back. Mm -hmm. What I think, what I, the, the sleight of hand, I think Holly's kind of playing with there is they think so, right? The, 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 these liberals are trying to, you know, um, um, emasculate you, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's the group you need to work against. And the other story that keeps like kind of rearing its head in my mind when I think about this is also kind of a big story this week. And it's Aaron Rodgers, um, yeah. the Packers quarterback who, um, you know, uh, basically, no, didn't basically lie. He lied about being vaccinated and, mm -hmm. you know, put a whole bunch of people at risk um, and cites um, of all people to <laughs> my son's absolute shock <laughs> was willing to cite out loud that Joe Rogan was, yeah. um, you know, in almost like this cartoonish, um, you know, uh, picture of like absurd masculinity, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, forced 
masculinity where it's like, you know, we're going to take our creatine and we're going to use all these supplements and we're, we're not going to do what anybody tells us to do. And, you know, ivermectin mm-hmm. is the right thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I, I think, you know, sometimes I think men are giving each other and I, and I won't, I'll take liberal and conservative out of it for just a moment. Although I think there probably is a political element to this, but men are giving each other the idea that, um, we're losing. And so we have to somehow gain our power back. Right. Yeah. As opposed to, um, what you suggest in your piece, which I love that, you know, maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be binary like that. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be either or, and maybe everybody can be, you know, can, can do well. Maybe that the, the ceiling can be broken across the board and everybody well, yeah. has more opportunity here. Yeah. Equality is not a zero sum game. You don't have to, you know, lose in order for someone else to succeed um, and live a life that's filled with opportunity and dignity and equity. Um, Right. Unfortunately, there are a whole lot of people with really big platforms saying the opposite, you know, saying that in, in order for um, folks who aren't white or, you know, girls or women to, um, you know, have what we've had all along, um, they're going to have to wrestle it out of your hands and, and, and you're going to lose and they're going to make you feel bad about yourself along the way to taking everything over. Um, (laughs) and and I just, it's like, I, I disagree with every single piece of that statement. And I also don't think I can effectively raise a boy by pretending those statements aren't out there. Um, right. I can, I can guard rail against them and, and offer an opposing viewpoint. Um, but he's also surrounded by peers and access to podcasts and YouTube and not, you know, like you're only, you're only one voice in the wilderness. Right. So, um, yep. I just and think, and like, some of those voices come in 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 really weird packages. You're right, podcasts and you know and 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 um, you know any other quarterbacks. Media looking at <laughs> quarterbacks, um, but also like if 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 your guy were watching um, somebody else playing a video game on YouTube, the ads that pop up yeah could be for those podcasts or for Prager University or for you know or, or you know um, for something political that kind of supports this idea that something's being taken away from you, you know? Um, And whenever I think anybody feels that way, naturally you want, you rear back and you want to grab the reins again. And so you choose who to follow and you kind of confirm the bias that, you know, there's an enemy out there trying to get you, you know? Um, And, uh, and so I think that's what's happening. I hear from boys and young men, that that's what's happening. And so a lot of them either are kind of like um, trying to rally behind um, certain causes that um, strengthen them, you know, politically and otherwise, um, or they've given up altogether because they think it's hopeless and that they'll, if they say anything on a date at a job interview, um, in class that somehow they're, they're going to get, they're, they're this close to getting canceled for asking the wrong question, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. And I don't know how much of that is, um, 
irrational fear and how much of that is legit. I mean, you know, I, I have spent the last, I don't know, a little more than a decade, um, fielding like pretty awful emails and comments and everything about, about me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel, um, canceled. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel, um, you know, uh, like when someone doesn't like what I say or the question I ask or the answer I, you know, throw out there as a possibility, um, I definitely get piled on and, and I don't. And so, so I, I guess all I'm trying to say is like the idea of, you know, getting blowback for what you say isn't foreign to me. I, I know that right. feeling. Um, and, um, it, it doesn't feel great, but it doesn't, but I, but no one has like, um, said you can't speak. Um, and I wonder if there's a way to help. Um, but, but, you know, I also like, I'm not a, I'm not a teenager. I'm not walking the halls of high school or trying to make friends on a campus. Like, you know, I, I'm a, grown up with a job that hasn't been taken from me. Right. Is there, is there any apples to apples there? Or is that all apples and oranges? Like, is there a way to be like, you know, you, you might get some blowback for the thing you said, but that's not the same as canceled. Like you, like if you say something and it comes out wrong and people are angry with you, like that's not the end of the world. Like you can, for sure. you don't have to go through life feeling aggrieved and piled on and, you know, on the lookout for the woke mob or, you know, the yep. last nail in your cancel coffin, like Aaron Rodgers said, um, right. just because now there's all sorts of ways to um, flame people when you don't like what they say. Um, like, is there a way to offer a little bit of that perspective? Like, yeah, you're going to get blowback. That's just living in 2021 because there's Twitter and email and yeah, um, Snapchat. Yeah, and, and, I th- and I think there is, you know, I, um, I, I find that with the boys and young men that I work with, when they get away from noise and, and my, my best and only context for this maybe is the room I'm sitting in. Like I'm in, I'm sitting in a room where I do therapy and when they can hear themselves, just think, talk, um, they, they can work themselves through that and realize like, okay, right. Life isn't that cut and dried and, um, a little blowback is okay. And maybe that's, uh, the nature of healthy debate. Like they can get there. Um, but I think as long as they're surrounded by the noise to, to the point of like some of that research, you know, there's, you know, what, what really has changed is that kids overall are, we're all inundated. We're all inundated constantly with propaganda and noise, you know, trying to sway our opinion or, or make us believe certain things. And if you can get a young person, and uh, we're talking about these boys in particular, away from that noise and just talking things through, yeah. they find their way like pretty readily, you know, they really yeah. do. And, and, you know, I, and I don't think that therapy is the only way to do that. I think this, it's a place where like parents can step in and aunts and uncles and siblings and friends and give each other a little grace to like 
you know, say, what, what are you, what are you thinking? What are you going through? What do you feel like you've lost or you're losing? And mm -hmm. let's put that all to the sniff test. Like, let's put that in the big machine and talk it through without, you know, arguing with one another, without, you know, pointing fingers and let's see where we land. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that and, feels super hopeful to me, actually. I mean, that that, yeah. that that's something that you can kind of watch happen, that like given space to talk this stuff through, it does feel less ominous and, you know, like anxiety inducing, like, you know, they, they you're seeing boys and young men get to a place where they can process it given like a I mean, I keep using cliches, but given a safe space to do so, right? It's not, it's not a cliche. I mean, I know, I know like we can roll our eyes at that all we want, but that's the right phrase. I mean, you know, like given safe space and, you know, um, no, I actually agree with that wholly. And, and it doesn't, you know, I, the a therapy room is a super safe space. I, I love it when kids come to get therapy, especially when there's nothing dramatically when we're not triaging some problem because yeah. just to have just to allow kids the space to muse just and 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 work through their their ideas and their thinking and you know I had um uh I hung out for hours over the weekend with um the son of friends of ours who happens to be 16 and um and he often is, he, he's this really wily guy because he will listen to and pay attention to conversations, um, act as if he's like very engaged on his iPad. If he's listening, he knows what I'm talking about, but he will, <laughs> he, but he picks up on every yeah. single, he's, yeah, he picks up on every little thing that's happening. Yeah. And so, and once he starts talking, he starts to work it through and reason it through. And you can see him definitely find his way to, you know, a point of view um, that isn't just uh, handed to him, but that's actually uniquely his. And yep. it's, it's it, that that's a pretty cool thing that this generation has the capacity to do. And you and I have talked a lot about that, too, that, you know, like, mm, you know, did, did we not have that capacity or do, are these kids really that much more worldly and better informed than we were? And I will tell you, after spending a couple hours with a 16-year-old boy just talking and walking a dog down this road. Yeah, uh, they are. Yeah, they're way better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just thinking like, oh, my God, buddy, if you knew me at 16, right. you would have been like, what, is, what a, what a self-centered, right. egotistical a loser. Yeah, what a mess. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so do we have any, um, like takeaways for people who are listening i mean give um give a parent or you know someone with a teenager college student in their life right now um you know kind of an opening line to to start creating that safe space for their yeah for the kid in their life all right, so I like taking advantage of um like your articles for example so I like the idea of sitting down, reading something like that, listening to, you know, the Hawley speech um, and just asking him, like, you know, so we hear a lot about this. You know, I I'm curious to hear, like, if this what your point of view is on this. And I, yeah. I was able to do this a couple of times the last week, you know, um, and uh, and kids can air that out. Like, you know, so um, 
my my advice to parents is probably is to tee it up and listen and yeah. you know um and kid and, and let your kid have a lot of line uh before you say you know like before you offer the see so your masculinity isn't taken away from you and yeah. you're fine you're great you're, right. <laughs> right right resist the urge to in summary you were wrong yes right yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah, right. How'd you read that? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Slowly wanted to make you realize how very wrong you were. Right. And how right I am. Right. <laughs> Thanks for your help. So yeah, I think that, I, I think it's always like you know recognizing my kid sees this stuff. He knows you know that this that what's going on out there. So I'm gonna use that instead of talking in you know like either you know vagaries or or directly chastising them for their point of view, which, uh, you know, I've seen happen plenty with boys and girls, you know, in here, um, you know, no, we don't think like that, you know, we Duffies or we Stevens, we don't think that way, you know, yeah. um, instead of that, allowing them to really honestly express their point of view yep. and, um, and, and just work it through. And, and they're really good at this. They really are my job has gotten easier over time, not harder, you know, yeah. uh, in large part because um, kids don't need me to solve much, they're wow. really good at, so at problem solving. Yeah, they just need you to yeah. listen and maybe ask some questions, like, yeah, sort of probing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yep. I would also throw in there if you have a chance to like be in a car with your kid and have NPR on. I know sometimes kids just throw in their AirPods and they're not listening to whatever you put on the car radio. But like the number of mornings where my son and I are driving to school and stuck in traffic and listen, and, you know, there'll be all of a sudden there's a story about John Gruden, the Raiders coach, you know, having to step <laughs> down because of his emails and like, you know, I'll kind of right. turn it up. Like, did you hear about this? Like, you know, I it's the fourth story I've heard on it, but like, I don't know if he's heard about it or if his friends are right. talking about it or, or what their reaction would be like, you know, that's not fair. You get fired over email or like, wow, what a jerk. I can't believe he said those things in email. Like, I don't know, you know? So right. I'll be like, did you hear about this? You know? Um, wow. Yes. What do you think? Uh, um, but like, I there are so many, to your point, so many like gifts of, you know, gift with a T, not the thing yeah. that you, <laughs> right. not G-A-F, um, of, you know, stories swirling around that you can use as an opening, I find. Um, no, and I love, I love your, the NPR idea, and then just like, you know, um, turning it down for a minute and, and, you know, soliciting um, what they think, what they believe, um, what they know. And, and I, the only thing I would add to that is don't assume that your 12 year old or your 10 year old or your nine year old doesn't know anything, you know, like, yeah, because totally. they might say, Oh yeah, I know what this guy did, you know? Yeah. And they might, they might be right on. Or, yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. and so, you know, uh, I would say there aren't many kids who are too young to talk some of this stuff through. You might have to adapt, you know, just based on developmental level and, you know, um, you know what they know grammatically, but, you know, most kids can weigh in at earlier ages than you think um, and have, and know way more, even about this conversation, you know, like um, a lot of people would say, you know, like, well, I'm not going to say the word porn to my 10 year old. Right. And I promise you, your 10 year old has heard the word porn. Like, right. I, and it might be, it might open up the door for way more, 
comfortable, normal conversations down the road somewhere. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay, I think good. we fixed this, Heidi. That was totally. very efficient. <laughs> right. Josh Hawley's toast, man. Yeah, he is. And that, that conference, we probably will be keynoting next year. Right. So, yeah. and... <laughs> I hope it's in Florida. <laughs> Just when it's getting cold here in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, thanks for working that through. Yeah, appreciate it too. Um, and uh, We'll talk to you uh, maybe really soon. Yeah, no, we're on a roll. <laughs> we are. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you okay. next time, guys. Bye, John. Bye.